0: well good morning everyone it is so good to see you so just yeah so just wave to everybody, just wave to everybody in the room, let them know that you're, uh, I know we're not doing that all hugging and shaking hands and meeting and greeting like we usually do. Hello everybody on uh, Facebook and everybody on YouTube, the great Taryn Howell is interacting with you on, on uh, Facebook. He's actually in his office and he's just doing all the comments, so say hey to Taryn if you're on Facebook and interact with us all the way during this message. I need to tell you, I was so sad. Uh, when we had to close things back down because of me, because I got COVID and I I was so disappointed and and, um, and I'd exposed all of our staff to it and all the people who work on our teams. I was really, really grateful when they all went and got tested. Some of them two or three times, just to make sure that they did not have it. I was grateful that I did not give it to anybody, and for thank you for asking. You know, how are we doing? How, how's our family and all that kind of stuff? Uh, my wife and daughter here. We're all doing really, really well. Uh, we all had it. We all had. It. I was grateful that I was one of the few asymptomatic people. I never had any symptoms. No headaches. No fever. I kept my taste and smell. And uh, no tightness in the chest. I was, I was blessed, you know, that I'd, that, uh, and, you know, I'm so anyway, I'm so glad to be back. But we need to make sure that everybody is safe. There are a lot of people who are really nervous about what's going to happen and what's going on with them. And we have a lot of members who are in that high-risk, you know, area. And so we got to do everything we can to keep them safe. Amen? While at the same time keeping alive this great opportunity to gather as God's people and worship in his name and encourage one another you know and spur one another on to good works in the good King's James you know translation so it is so good to see you today we're really talking about small groups now for those of you who've been around a long time and you know every year two times a year we actually do this three times a year we sign people up for small groups And we go downstairs and we lay out all the small groups. You get to meet all the small group leaders and you get to talk to everybody. You choose a small group. We're not doing any of that this year. And so it really is up to you to go online, go to our First City Church page and and go down to our small group section. Look at all the small groups. We want everybody signing up for a small group. And it's so very important. You know, Andy Cruz got this really started for us in a big way. Uh, several years ago. I'm so grateful for him, just starting all of our small groups in in a new and different way. We signed a lot of people up. We started doing serve day. We started our 21 days of prayer two times a year. And out of that, we have become a church, really, who puts more energy into serving the community than we do anything else. And God has been so good to us. And as we started serving in the foster care community, I need to let you know, there's some really good news of some things that God has done in the foster care community. And we jumped into it with both feet and 100% head on. And, and, and I'll maybe bring some statistics next week, but this is what you need to know. For the first time in years, as, at the, coming near the end of 2020 as they calculate all their results, uh, they have had, uh, well, let, let me say it differently. Every year... The, the problem has gotten worse. There have been more needs. We needed more beds. We had more people, more children coming into foster care than we could handle sending 600 of our children to other places in the state because we did not have a place for them. Our goal this year was to come up with 200 new beds so that we would no longer have to send our children out of state and we could start bringing some of the children who were out back You know to our city so they could be around their parents and we could hopefully reunify and we exceeded our goal we had 201 new beds and so we ended the year they said this is the first time in years our situation decreased the it it didn't get worse it got better and better and better so God is doing amazing things and then we started our social justice and we're like you know we want everybody to to be equal We, we and we see things played out on our streets that just doesn't feel good to anybody the the rioting and all of the stuff how, how angry people are I can understand anger but I but God said it is through his kindness that people come to repentance right and so we've been praying God help us to go about this all differently help us to do something in your name under the banner of kindness in our community and God has started opening up big doors here's one that just now opened up and it just happened really yesterday and So this Wednesday, uh, City Produce said, we have 900 boxes of produce that we want to give to hurting people in our community. And would you help us? And they had heard of our reputation. They know that we are a church that really wants to go out and serve in the community. Thank you, God, for that. And so we said, yes. Don't know how we're going to get it done. We just said yes. So we found out that the the bus or the truck that has all of it will, will not really come into Escambia County. So we've got to go get it, and on Wednesday, we're going to go get the produce. We're going to go into Brownsville. There's a community center because 80% of the people in that neighborhood do not have vehicles, and so they have to walk, and so we're going to go to them, and we're going to give out free produce. It has a you know shelf life of two weeks, so we need to do this immediately to get it done. And so on this Wednesday, I don't even know what time yet, we need about 10 people who will help us to go and get under a tent and just hand out food. The I called uh, Chief Leiter from the police department, and he is on board. Our police officers are helping to sponsor this event. And the mayor found out about it, and the mayor is involved. And so I'm just telling you, God is just doing something amazing. Amen? You get to choose whether you want to be a part of it or not. And I know, just like the parable of the Good Samaritan, you know, where there was a hurt, there was a need, and two-thirds of the people would rather just pass it on by. Only one-third really gets involved. I'm praying that we have more people than that. Now, this week, we we really only need about 10 people or so. But if you're interested, you can email us at info at firstcitychurch.org. Or you can come and see me or Savannah. She's wandering around here in the back. I see Teddy Hart. Teddy, wave your hand. He's standing back over there. I see Teddy Hart. You see him. We'll get you connected. We'll tell you what the timetable is. And it's on this Wednesday. And then they found out that uh, we were willing to do this. And they said, would you be willing to do it again? And we said, yep. And they said, what about the next week? We said, okay. So we're actually doing it two weeks in a row. And we're evaluating what a really good partnership would look like. The police department's going to be doing this with us. The mayor is going to be doing this with us. We may be doing this. In fact, we'll do it as long as God calls us to do it. And so, if you want to get involved, man, just let us know. Get involved. We can do amazing things. And it really all started because we started gathering in circles. We started gathering in homes. We started praying with each other. God, use us in a powerful way. And so today, our message from the Bible Is just out of Acts chapter 12. Turn to Acts chapter 12. And we're going to be looking at the first 17 verses. That's all we're really going to talk about today. This is a situation where this this small early church, this church group, these people gathered in a home. And they started praying. And they saw an amazing thing happen in the name of the Lord. Up until this time, they had seen God use powerful men and women. Prophets you know, of old apostles, you know, church leaders, but they had never really seen God use just us, ordinary, God-loving people who gathered in a home and poured out our hearts in prayer. They had never really seen God do something amazing through them. And then in Acts chapter 12, we have this story. Here we go. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some of the believers in the church he had the apostle James John's brother killed with the sword you remember James and John they were apostles their nicknames were the sons of thunder they were fishermen they were hot-headed God transformed them in the name of Jesus James was a leader in the church and so King Herod Agrippa you know got James this is before the Passover brought him in gave him a mock trial faked it all up and executed him and so the church is, is, is like devastated. Now, pause for just a second. When I read about, you know, like King Herod Agrippa, sometimes I get confused because, you know, it's like, man, every time I turn a page or a new story or something, there's some Herod on those pages, and I don't know how to, you know, break them all out. So let me just give you a chart here just so that you can see all the Herods and you know which one we're talking about today. Herod the Great was was the ruler when Jesus was born. Now, he only lived for another year or two after Jesus was born, but he was the one who, you know, ordered all the massacre of all those young baby boys just so that he could make sure that Jesus didn't live. God spared him, of course, but that was Herod the Great. He had four boys. Well, he had a lot of children, but he had four who became Herod, and Aristobulus, you know, he was the oldest. Philip was the youngest. Philip... He's called Herod and he's called Philip in some, of the, in, in some chapters of the Bible. Philip is the one who was the uh, husband of Herodias. They had the daughter Siloam. He's the one who gave permission to behead John the Baptist. And then you have Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee. He is the Herod to whom Pilate sent Jesus for his trial. Okay? Then you have, uh, our, let's see, Archelaus, I think is how you would pronounce his name. Archelaus was in charge of Judea and Samaria. He was a horrible ruler, horrible leader. He didn't, he wasn't in charge very long. They deposed him, banished him, and he's gone. And then Archibullus was the oldest and the most threatening to Herod the Great. And he didn't like it, and so Herod murdered his son to get rid of him, so that he could stay in power, God ended up removing him from power, but not before he had a son named Herod Agrippa the first. This is the Herod we're talking about in our story today. So this right now. He also had a son, just to complete, you know, the throne of Herods. He had a son, Herod Agrippa the second. And when you later read in Acts where Paul goes and presents himself before Herod Agrippa, this is the Herod Agrippa that Paul presents himself in that wonderful speech later on in the book of Acts. Keep reading your Bible. Okay, so you got it? So there are all the Herods. So when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. And this took place during the Passover celebration. So you have the early church who were mourning at a funeral The passing, the execution of James. But Herod Agrippa, now listen, Herod Agrippa's mother loved Jewish custom, loved Judaism, was a participant in all of that. And so he did everything he could to observe all the Jewish laws. And they did not like Jesus. They did not like the apostles. And so when he murdered James they all celebrated and when he saw that boy they celebrated it he went and now he's going to take care of all of the enemies of Judaism he wants to arrest and do away with all of the apostles and so he arrested Peter now this took place right at the beginning of the Passover which all they're trying to say is everybody's in town right all the people who lived in all the surrounding areas they've all come to town and boy it's a buzz and the headlines of the newspaper guess what they've caught peter that instigator that rioter that guy who's causing all the trouble in the name of jesus christ of nazareth and when passover is over we're going to take care of him and everybody's looking forward to the big occasion then he imprisoned him placing him under the guard of four squads of soldiers each So, four squads of soldiers each, 16, but they didn't all work at the same time. So, one squad of four would work for three hours, and then they would be off nine hours. And they did this so that they could all stay fresh. Now, the Bible's going to a, they're going the extra mile here to let you know. So, they had all of the regular guards of the prison. They had two more layers of guards all around to make sure no prisoner ever escaped. But sometimes, they brought in such a high-profile prisoner they put these extra special forces guards on them. And Paul had four of them. So they were on for three hours so that they were totally alert, would not go to sleep, and then they would be off for nine hours and they would rotate. They would do that twice every day, right? And then Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. Why after the Passover? Because it was against the law to have any trial or execution during the Passover according to Jewish law. And Herod Agrippa honored Jewish law. So everybody's excited. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Verse five is meant to be a circle that in your Bible. It's like, let me tell you what's going on. Everybody's in town. Everybody's excited. This is gonna be a big event. And guess what? Psst, shh, tell everybody. We're gonna execute Peter when the Passover's over. So everybody's telling everybody and they're lining the streets and they're getting ready for the parade and they're getting ready for the whole big event. And, and all of that big stuff is going on. Meanwhile, something bigger is happening. A few Christians have gathered in a home and they started praying. Which is the bigger event? What's going to happen the night before Peter was to be placed on trial. Ooh, it's like it's building up, it's building up. This is the last day of Passover, and tomorrow it's going to happen. And people are all, they're, 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 they're getting ready for the big parade. They're getting ready for the big event. Peter was to be placed on trial, and he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. What was Peter doing? Have you ever been so worried about something going on in your life that you couldn't sleep? How worried is Peter? Right? I mean, Peter knows what it's like to walk with the Lord. He knows what it's like to give his whole heart to God. And it doesn't look like he's too concerned. I mean, you know he he doesn't want to die. You know, he knows that everybody is still mourning the loss of James. And yet, Peter was very comfortable. It's like, it, it reminds me of the time when the boat was shaking, water was coming over the boat. Jesus was asleep, and the apostles are thinking they're going to die. Remember that? And, and, and they woke him up, and they're like, Jesus, how can you sleep in a time like this? They're like, I know who's in charge. It looks like Peter has learned the lesson. It looks like Peter knows who's in charge, and he's okay so he's asleep fastened with two chains between two soldiers now the the typical way is they would have one soldier chained to the prisoner but Peter's no ordinary prisoner and so they've doubled it suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter and the angel struck him on the side to wake him and said quick get up and the chains fell off his wrist that's just amazing in itself. But Peter's asleep and suddenly the angel of the Lord appears and the whole room is bright and nobody notices. Peter doesn't wake up. And so the angel, it's like, it's like, oh, <laughs> right? It's, and so he's like, is this, was that not a big enough entrance? So he's like poking him, he's like, Peter, Peter, wake up. And so Peter's waking up and just, just, and the change just fell off his wrist. The change just fell off his wrist. And then the angel said, get dressed. He's like, are we in a hurry? Do we need to get out of here now? It's like, grab your stuff and let's get out of here. Forget your stuff. Let's just go. It's like, no, 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 no. You don't have to worry about what's going on. Just get dressed. Now, they oftentimes would have those prisoners without any clothes on, number one, to humiliate them. And number two, because they didn't want to run out and not have any clothes on and be embarrassed even more. So just, Peter, get dressed. So we got dressed. Sit down and put your sandals on. So we put his sandals on. Now put on your coat. It's like, can you take any more time? You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Because the soldiers are completely blind. They're not asleep. The Bible's already let us know. They're very alert. But for some somehow, God has blinded them to what's really going on. And so Peter finally puts his coat on, and the angel said, follow me. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. So Peter's like, this is the coolest dream ever. And he just thinks he's dreaming. He thinks this is so... Old. He thinks he's still asleep. This is all... Wouldn't it be awesome if this were really happening? And they passed the first and second guard post and came to the gate leading to the city and this opened for them all by itself. So you see, God is... They're, they're trying to let us know this is no ordinary event. The change just fell off his wrist. No, they didn't. That was done by God. The gate just opened all by itself. No, it didn't. Unless, you know, trees and leaves and gates and buildings are all alive to the voice of Jesus. And we just see it as brick and mortar, as iron gates. But everything screams out in praise to the Lord. And the gate just opened. So they passed through and started walking down the street. Just two guys were just two ordinary guys We're just walking down the street. There are no alarms. Nobody knows anything different. Sirens aren't going off. People aren't running through the streets and screaming. And just two guys walking down the street. And then the angel just, just left. It's like, okay, you're good. And he just, he walked away. Peter finally came to his senses. You know, if I had to circle one sentence in the Bible that is true of me, it's probably that little sentence right there. You know, it's like, how long does God have to say, Rick, will you finally come to your senses? Finally, he got it, right? I mean, some of us are like that. I'll just only speak about me. That's me. Peter finally came to a census it's really true he said the Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me and when he realized this he went to the home of Mary the mother of John Mark where many gathered for prayer he knocked at the door in the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it so it's like Peter knew wow I'm really free and he knew where they would be gathered he knew where they would be and that's where they went he just, that's where he went, and he just knocked on the door. He just knocked on the door, and Rhoda, you know, the only time she's mentioned in the Bible, she comes to the door. This little young girl, she came to the door, look at this, and when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everybody, Peter is standing at the door. She's like, oh, oh, I forgot to open the door and let him in she's so excited and look at this you're out of your mind they said and she insisted and they decided it must be his angel pause here they are praying lord god in the name of jesus would you free peter we've already lost james and our hearts are broken we can't lose peter would you free him would you let him go would you release him would you perform a miracle guess what peter's at the door get out of here no he's not Can't you take us seriously? Quit telling jokes and television. Just get back over here. We're praying for God to release Peter. I'm telling you, he's at the door. And they're like, you must be crazy. You're just a young girl. Get over here. It's your turn to pray. Meanwhile, Peter just keeps knocking. Sometimes the Bible is just so, it's so funny to me. It's like Peter's just, okay, you know. But it took a while for Peter to finally come to his senses that God was doing something. So it's taken a while for them to finally come to their, when they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. And he motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. They just celebrated and celebrated and celebrated. And he finally calmed them down. He says, I gotta, you, you gotta hear this story. And he told them the story. And he, and he says, go and tell James. Now this is James, the brother of Jesus, who had become the leader of the church, the early church there in that city. And tell the other brothers, the other apostles, what has happened. And he said, then he went to another place. Isn't that an amazing little story? So I just have three questions. And those of you who are uh, on Facebook, interact with Taryn and let him know what you think some of the answers to these questions are. Just These are three very simple questions. I really want to talk about, don't you want to be a part of the amazing work of God? Don't miss out on it. Don't say I'm too busy to show up and hand out boxes to people that God wants us to hand out boxes. Do you know that we, during, the, during this whole uh, pandemic time, we've been feeding uh, foster families and, and, and every other week? And, and it hasn't been you know, uh, you know, every other week, every other week. But for a while, it was every other week for a couple of months. And then we've still been doing it. And God has provided all of it. You have not spent one dime out of our budget to feed these people. God provided all of it. All of it. And we've got these businesses who are coming and saying, Can we do it with you? Can we do it with you? Can we sponsor a couple of meals? Can we help serve? God is doing an amazing work. Are you a part of it? Are you witnessing it? Are you there? And now we're about to start doing it in our community. For those who really could use some groceries and they don't have the ability to drive somewhere, do you want to be a part of it? Who are strong people of prayer in your life and why are they important to you? Let's just start there. Just so answer online. And and if you want to, just turn your volume down. You can answer Taryn in here. But just who do you know that are strong people of prayer and that are in your life? And like there are certain people for me, my father was the first person I would call when I had something going on in my life that was a big deal. And I would just say, "Hey, Dad, I need to share something with you. Would you be praying?" And you know what I know about my father is he would pray about it multiple times every day, and he wouldn't let it go. There are other people who are like that. I have several people in, in my life right here who, on a regular basis, they'll just send me a text: "How are you doing?" How is this situation? How are you doing emotionally? What's going on? How can I pray for you? Do you know any people that are super strong, just, I'll use an old term, prayer warriors? And why are they important to you? Do you know of anybody who does not have somebody in their life that's a strong prayer warrior? I I don't know where people turn when things get really difficult in their life if they don't have strong people of prayer around them. Do you? And so my first question is, who do you know that's a strong prayer warrior? You know what I would do if I were you? Before today ends, maybe even right now, just text them and tell you, thank you for pouring out your heart in prayer for me and for my family. Thank you for being such a good friend. Thank you for being a prayer warrior. Thank you for being a person of faith. Thank you for talking to God on on a continual basis. It gives me peace. Here's another question. Why do we doubt that God would answer our prayers even after we pour out our hearts? Have you ever wondered that? I mean, you're looking at it and Peter's doubting that, you know, God's really doing what he's doing. He thought it was a vision. He thought he was still asleep. I'm dreaming. Yeah, this, what doesn't really this doesn't happen in real life. No, it doesn't. But then again, <laughs> our God is bigger than real life. Amen. And then he goes to this small group and they're praying that God will release him. And then when he does, they have a hard time believing it. What? what is it about us that really doubts the amazing work of God? Maybe it's that we've been disappointed before. We've poured out our hearts in prayer only for a different conclusion. Or maybe we don't want to get our hopes up and be disappointed. God's going to do his will. His perfect will. And our first prayer should be to just trust in that whatever it is. Peter was okay if that was his time to die. He was amazed that God released him. But it was that small group of people praying that made the difference. Here's my third question for you. Just like the soldiers... How can we be blind to the amazing work of God? I mean, just that, that's what blows me away. You have two of them chained next to him, and they're alert. You have two of them standing by the door, and they're just staring right down at Peter, making sure that nothing happens. An angel of the Lord shows up. They stay alert, they keep, but they don't see anything. Somehow God blinded their eyes to his amazing work. And God has told us before to listen, pray that your eyes may be enlightened to the work of God. Pray that you can see it because God says there are times when he closes people's eyes to what he's doing. He closes their eyes so that they don't see. He closes their ears so that they don't hear. When all they want to do is go their own way, they cannot see the amazing work of God. Have you ever wondered in your own life, am I fully aware of everything that God is doing for me, for my family, in my life, in this church? What is it that God's wanting to do in our community? And am I awake to it? Am I alive to the amazing work of God? That's our prayer. That's what we want to accomplish. And that's our message for today. I really pray that your eyes are open to God's amazing work because God is wanting to use you in a powerful way. He wants to use all of us in a powerful way. We're just ordinary people, amen? Serving an extraordinary God, amen? Don't you want to be a part of that?